Former Los Angeles rock radio personalities Ken Anthony and Frankie DeVita were looking for an outlet to continue to talk about their passions, radio and music. The radio landscape has changed so much over the years, and this podcast is their new avenue to discuss music, artists, media, and hopefully keep the spirit of radio alive. It's the Spirit of Radio podcast with your hosts, Ken Anthony and Frankie DeVita. And now, here's Ken and Frankie. It's the Spirit of Radio podcast. I'm Frankie DeVita. I'm Ken Anthony. And we have an amazing, awesome guest today. Welcome, Wolfgang Van Halen. Howdy. How's it going? Hi. So great to have you here. Um, as uh, we were just talking uh, just prior, we saw you a couple of days ago on another Zoom call with a bunch of radio people. <laughs> uh, just a little intimidating? No. Oh, yeah. Well, at, at first, I didn't realize how many people. I knew there was going to be a bunch of people, but I just had it like on Zoom. You can have it on like speaker view only. So it shows who's talking. And halfway through, I put it to gallery view. And all of a sudden, it was like, a lot of people. I had no idea. Yeah, I think I think it was like 70 something people, Wolf, and just, they were all there for you. So how did that feel? Terrifying. That was very, very nerve wracking. Well, you seem very calm and collected. I'll, t- I'll give you that. Glad. <laughs> well, we're uh, we've got you on because you've got this album coming out on June 11th, Mammoth WVH. Uh, you can pre-order now at mammothwvh.com. There's your plug right there. Thank you. Um, but uh I, I just want to say congrats for the sex, the success that you've had so far. Um, I think it's going to just hit the roof when the album comes out. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you, um, when I heard you were using Mammoth as part of your band name, I, I knew it was an instant throwback to your dad's early days. Um, and actually, I think it's kind of fitting because you taking on all the music parts, the singing, the writing, everything. It was pretty much a mammoth undertaking, <laughs> I would say. But I want to know why did you do it all on your own? Was it just like a personal journey or was it a, I don't trust anybody else. I'm going to just handle yeah, it. Yeah, it certainly wasn't that. I think people like to try and turn it into something negative. Like, like I'm just a control freak who can't handle working with other people. But I've done that before. You know, I did two records with Tremonti and Van Halen record stuff. Um, but I just wanted to see if I could do it. I really admired how Dave Grohl did the first uh, Foo Fighters album, and I kind of wanted to emulate that. And just since I could play everything, see if I could do it. Well, you certainly did a phenomenal job. <laughs> I mean, how long have you been able to play almost every instrument? Was that something that you you learned from hanging with your dad as as a young person? Not really. Uh, I mean, I guess by the time I was in Van Halen, I could already play everything that I play on on this album so since i was 15 16 you know what's amazing about that wolf is i can play the ukulele so i'm, I'm sure you're excited <laughs> about that but that's yeah awesome. but but it, it i guess for, for for frankie and i that's why we're radio people uh to be able to play all those instruments and and do it so well is just amazing <laughs> thank you so you, you've said that you're a, a drummer first right so who are your drumming influences? And if you don't say Uncle Alex, I don't I won't tell. Yeah. When, when it comes to influences in general, I always am like, well, besides the obvious, you know, because Al, mm-hmm. for sure. um, Danny Carey is a huge drumming mm-hmm. inspiration tool. Uh, and Travis Barker, I, I played a lot of Blink-182 growing up and he was a, he's a phenomenal drummer. It was a really great bassist. Um, and also Gavin Harrison, he played for uh, uh, Porcupine Tree. He is one of the most insane drummers. Oh, Porcupine Tree is fantastic. Wow. Yeah. 
so yeah, Gavin Hare, those, those three drummers are probably. Have you heard the say. Travis Barker uh, Atreyu song? He does a drum line in this new song from Atreyu called Warrior. Maybe. It, I, I'm not sure. I'd have it to, just I'd came have to... out, but it's amazing. In the middle of it, he does this whole drum line thing, like a marching band drum line thing in the middle of this hard rock song. And it's just just incredible. So I could see he would be a good influence. Definitely. He's a crazy, awesome drummer. So on the album, you have a really interesting cover, the cover art. Can you tell me what's behind that cover art and the giant crab? Uh, yeah, it's, I just, I've always loved the, the piece of art. Uh, the artist is uh, John Brosio. I think it's a piece he made like a decade ago. Um, and uh, ever since I saw it, I was always like, that is the coolest piece of art. And it really, the last thing I want to do when it comes to the band name is related to the animal. Because mm-hmm. that's how it was back in the day. The reason Dad called it Mammoth was was to reflect the the sound. You know, it's a huge sound. What's the biggest thing you can think of? Um, and so with this album cover, it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too. I, I, I like the the fact that there's just this giant normal thing taking you know interrupting uh, everyday life, and uh, I think just that album cover really uh, gets across exactly what I wanted. With, with the vibe i think it's pretty fitting for 2020 as well <laughs> definitely that's <laughs> for sure hey, hey wolf let's talk about uh the first single uh distance you know what was amazing um as frank and i were saying we were on this um large radio zoom call a few days ago and i found it interesting that you said that the song was going to be a bonus track on the album was so that was never intended to be on the album what was was it just no it was, yeah. I, it was just put out uh for for my dad um and uh you know have the all the proceeds go to his favorite charity mr holland's opus um and uh basically because of i, I you know i wasn't planning on it or even seeing it become as, as successful as it had um so considering that it's a digital only release and would continue to be, I figured it was a good idea to just kind of throw it on the album uh, as a bonus track. So whenever somebody actually gets the physical album, they're not going to be like, Hey, where's that one song that I know them from, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. For those who are listening to this podcast who may not be familiar with radio, Frank and I need to tell everybody that that mm-hmm. song went to number one at rock radio, your first single number one. And I asked you the other day, but I ask you again for this podcast Incredible. how did that feel i i i wish uh i wish dad would would have been here to see it so he would obviously have been knowing dad he would have just been like well duh <laughs> <laughs> well and it's such, just, a, such, uh, a, <laughs> such a vulnerable track too i mean you really put you know your heart on your sleeve so to speak and just to see it resonate with so many people uh, that's just really amazing really that's really the best part of it for it to uh uh resonate with so many people that you know all the comments on the video everybody has their own story and it's a really beautiful thing uh to have touched people uh in that way so you've got like four more tracks coming out or four tracks total that'll be out Mm -hmm. tomorrow correct yes well we've listened to them (laughs) super stoked for the rest of the album uh thank you yeah so um so I want to ask you, you've done some live stuff lately. Uh, you've been doing the TV rounds. Um, what do you do beforehand to kind of shake off the nerves before you go out? Just run through the, the song a handful of times, make sure we got everything down. And then you just kind of like, okay, ready? Let's 
let's go for it. <laughs> Take a deep breath, yeah. dive in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, Wolf, um, uh, the, the single that's coming out tomorrow, and we're, we're uh, taping this on March 25th, um, Don't Back Down, <laughs> Wow. Tell us about that. Just a yeah, flat it's, out it's rock. It's kind of uh, my idea of like a fight song. You know, it's it's the kind of thing you throw on when you're watching, uh, when you really want your team to kick the other team's butt and you just crank it as loud as possible and, and pray for their demise. <laughs> right into battle, you know, that kind of thing. So so all the sports teams will be picking that and one you, up. Hey, that'd be awesome, man. I'd, I'd be really cool. <laughs> We'll see it on ESPN. You know, the other uh, song that you put out a while back, uh, You're to Blame, another flat out rocker. Tell yeah, us about uh, that, that one is just a, a really fun uh, song. I love it because it's uh, it's got a crazy guitar solo in it. But uh, I think that's because the song called for it. Uh, I think one thing people would probably expect is for, uh, well, he's Eddie Van Halen's son. There's going to be a, a bunch of guitar solos. And that's not necessarily the case. But I, I, I did want to show that there there is that vibe there, too. So I thought that was yeah. You know, and, and one other one, uh, since we've had a chance to listen to some of it, uh, Frank and I were talking before you came on. Think it over is great. I mean, that is a melody <laughs> and a half. I mean, really, really. It's cool. one of my personal favorites and, and was actually uh, my dad's favorite song. Wow. So you you wrote that a while ago then, right? Or yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a fun probably one of the poppier songs on the album, but uh I think overall it still fits the the vibe and sound of the album. It's just a little bit more to the left if the heavier stuff is a bit more to the right, you know. Are there any ballads on this album? Uh some that you could call, I I guess, but it's all kind of uh <laughs> I guess you'll have to see. Uh more often it's I'm so close with the material that I, in a way I can't really look at it from from that perspective it's just kind of like well yeah i guess that could be that but i'm not sure <laughs> you know well if i've asked this question to artists before um you know recording an album writing an album recording an album and then going out and playing it are two different entities um do you love them both what's the difference in your mind between you know, some sometimes it's like it's a lot of work putting the album together, but that's, it's like a journey, but then you're out there playing it for everybody. Tell us about how the two processes work for you. Yeah. I think they're both equally as rewarding and, and fun experiences. They're just completely different. Um, I think more recording the albums. It's, it's just a fun camaraderie of, of being able to kind of piece everything together, at least in my pers perspective, because I'm, I'm doing everything. Um, but uh just being in the studio with Elvis, uh, uh, the producer, and uh, Jeff, the engineer, three of us just have such a good time that by the time we're done, it's like, oh, hey, we have an album. <laughs> and it's like, we just had a good time. Uh, but I guess in that respect, uh, touring is, is like that too, because you're just hanging with people you love, uh, having a good time and making, making music. It, is, it, um, so. is it hard to not go back and keep tweaking things once you've you've laid down tracks and you're like, okay, this is good. And then like not go back and tweak stuff. Yeah. It's kind of, tough. it's kind of tough to, to, to know when to stop. You know, I, I guess a lot of like painters must go through mm. that too. It's like, put one more little tree in there. <laughs> or, <laughs> thing. Uh, but at a certain point, I think you just kind of reach it where you're like, you know what? I think, uh, I think this might be it. 
unless you're crazy and you never stop and and then you, you never finish it but you don't want to have a chinese uh, democracy yeah, on your hands there <laughs> exactly mm. uh i think the main thing uh is that like you or at least what i found is that you can really any little thing that you may want to change or or make more apparent can really come out uh when you're mixing so you don't necessarily have to go in and completely re-record stuff i found a lot of uh, the mixing process to be an enjoyable thing and be like, Hey, this will work better if we do that kind of thing. So we're obviously, we've had this uh, pandemic the last year and haven't been able to tour, uh, assuming, you know, this hopefully happens sometime this year. Um, you had a band that were performing, uh, the single, which we watched the other day. Um, is that going to be the band that you're looking to tour with? And, and if so, uh, who are we talking about? Yeah, that, that's the live band um, uh, bass player, uh, Ronnie Ficaro, uh, drummer Garrett Whitlock. I played with him in Tremonti uh, and uh, the other guitar players, uh, Frank Sidoris, he's with Slash um, and uh, John Jordan, who has his own uh, project uh, to whom it may. He also played with uh, Clint Lowry in his live band, which is actually how I found out about him. I saw their show when Clint opened for Alter Bridge and I was like, he's mine now. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I would imagine I would imagine you probably can pick almost anybody you want in, in this particular case yeah i don't know i just uh more more importantly than anything is that we're all just you know dudes who just want to have a good time and 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 it's not about you know there's no i don't know it's, you're just having a good time well i'm sure you're anxious to get out there get out on the road support this album and i also heard that you're already working on a sophomore effort is there anyone down the line, as Ken just mentioned, you could probably pick whoever you wanted and you'd be able to work with them. Is there anyone in particular you'd like to work with in the future? On, on an album, I'm, I'm having so much fun just doing my own thing. But but uh, gosh, uh, down the line, doing anything with somebody else, I've, I have no idea because I feel like I've already done that because. <laughs> I remember like I really wanted to play with Mark Tremonti and then I got to play with Mark Tremonti and then I really wanted to play with Clint Lowry and then I played with him. So right now, I guess I'd have to really put some more thought into that. <laughs> well, that's pretty good that you're checking those boxes already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Frankie asked a question the other the other day about the uh, how you handle the uh, Internet trolls. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Care to comment? <laughs> Yeah, no, I just uh, I think some people maybe uh, considering how they know they obviously know me through my parents. There's there's uh, some sort of a parenting vibe where they kind of want to tell me what to do and or steer me in a direction that they think might be more positive. Uh, and I think that they need to realize that I'm 30. Right. <laughs> and mm -hmm. happy and, belated, uh, by the way. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and that, you know, it's my profile. So if I want to say whatever I want, it, you know, as long as it's not something awful, uh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it, it it's, oh, you know, when it comes to like responding to, to like dickheads on, on Twitter, it's, it's kind of a, a sport to me than anything. Well, I see most people are very complimentary of you and a lot of people have your back too. Exactly. But I got to say, some of the most annoying things are when I do respond to it, people are like, don't do that, man. They'll, they'll go away if you ignore them. And it's like, if they, they, it's been like 15 years and they haven't gone away. So I finally found a way to have fun with it. So please let me have yeah, fun. Yeah, just, just have fun with it. 
like I swear I'm okay. I, it's it's just it's more like I'm shooting targets down than crying. <laughs> like a like a video game. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I and I can see that too. Where where you you sound you say that people are like people are like parenting you because Ken and I can probably both remember the news the day you were born. So, um, so there's that. But but yeah, I think you handled yourself perfectly. Like I said the other day. Um, but we wanted to talk to you about the whole Grammy thing, which I'm sure you've talked mm-hmm. about already. Um, but for this podcast purpose, um, just tell us. Um, what would you have liked to have seen? What I was, what I thought was going to happen was uh, a thirty to forty-five second clip was going to be shown amongst a handful of others in in one in memoriam section, and it turned out to be, uh, you know, what it was. Um, and uh, but overall, the thing that hurt it didn't necessarily bother me or piss me off. You know, I'm, I'm not one to say f the f the Grammys. Um, uh, the main thing I why I, I I made the statement was because my timeline was blowing up with thousands of people going f the Grammys f the Grammys and it's like we we can be better than that we don't have to to do that um, and uh, basically the one thing that my one criticism that hurt was that he wasn't mentioned at all and I know um, I think what they said was like well you know we had the most people we've ever had before and it's in my response would be like yeah but were any of them Eddie Van Halen. Right. Because I, th- I think, uh, granted, I'm a little biased, but I think you can't argue uh, that uh, Les Paul, Jimi Hendrix, and Eddie Van Halen affected the guitar more than anybody else in the history of the instrument. And I think when somebody that important passes, uh, they deserve a bit more, or at least to be mentioned. Right. Uh, on, on that note, I, I do have a question about you. You said that you first time you realized your dad was famous, it was because you saw his picture on a CD. <laughs> but when was it that you realized he was a guitar god, like a legendary guitarist? Probably the, the more I familiarized myself with the music and actually realized his impact and, and his skill, obviously. Uh, because I grew up with it, it was kind of just like, well, yeah, he's just good at guitar. But then when you really see it compared to other people, it's like, Mm. oh, he's one of the best. (laughs) So uh, that's my dad. (laughs) You know, what's amazing about that, Wolf? It's kind of like besides a music uh, fan, I'm a huge sports fan. And and they call um, a basketball player that loves basketball a gym rat. (laughs) You know, meaning that like Kobe Bryant was that way. Mm-hmm. There are stories about him going out to dinner with other uh, players. And at the end of the dinner, they're going, hey, you want to go to the club? He goes, no, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> and that strikes me h- how probably your dad was in terms of just a, a mu- music junkie. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, he told me a story where he was dating a girl in high school and she was really pissed off at him for playing the guitar all the time. And it came to the point where she was like. <laughs> listen, it's me or the guitar. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and now she gets to be the person to look back on the fact that she said that to Eddie Van Halen. So she must feel wow. really, really stupid. You know, it's, my point. Exactly. It's funny that you mentioned that story because um, years ago I did a, a, a radio show and I was spotlighting Van Halen on the show. And I played a clip of your uncle, Alex, saying that he went out on a date and your dad was sitting on the bed playing guitar and Alex came back eight hours later and he was still sitting there playing the guitar. <laughs> yep. Are you like that 
are you that way with your music and, and in learning your instrument? Maybe not to the degree, obviously, that he was. Um, but considering I, I played like a bunch of other stuff, uh, but I do have uh, a guitar usually on the couch all the time. Uh, this acoustic guitar that, I, that I've written almost every, every mammoth thing on that if I'm just watching TV, I just kind of absentmindedly strum on and, and, and noodle with. And that's kind of how dad was too. He always had a guitar on the couch, just kind yeah. of like that. <laughs> and if you ever come with a good, a good idea enough, I just run upstairs and record on my computer really fast. Well, we, we've got to wrap this up soon. Uh, we're happy that you were able to make some time for us. We thank you for that. You got a, a last question, Ken? Well, you know, um, we do this, this podcast called The Spirit of Radio Podcast. And uh, Frankie and I worked at um, KLOS here in L.A. for years. And I know you're in Southern California. You're familiar with, with the radio station. I guess and we always like to ask this question. The first time you heard your song, The Distance, distance on the radio we're not even going to ask you what station it was but how did that feel pretty crazy uh to just to to, to know that <laughs> that wasn't just like me playing it on an ipod or something the fact that that was playing to everybody who could turn that on is pretty a pretty crazy realization yeah and we were all crying too yeah <laughs> We're all, Thanks, we're all Wolf. crying too. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, one quick, one, one more quick squeeze in. Yeah. Ken and I are dog lovers. Do you have a dog? Do you love dogs? I do not have a dog, but I do love dogs. My uncle Patrick has a dog named Biscuit who is adorable. Um, but I have to say I am more of a cat guy because I grew up with cats. And if you follow my mom, uh, she is a crazy cat lady. She's <laughs> five or six cats at her house. And uh, two of them I love so much. I actually think I posted something on my Instagram of, of her cat, Bo. That is just the cutest little cat. So Cats are awesome, too. Yeah. Well, well thank you so much for your time on the Spirit of Radio podcast. We look forward to the album coming out. And, June 11th. Uh, and yep. all the best to you. Um, and we'll see you on tour. I'm sure Ken and I will be in the audience. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Wolf. Thanks, so Thanks Wolf. Take care. This was the Spirit of Radio podcast. I'm Frankie DeVita. I'm Ken Anthony. You can catch us at the Spirit of Radio podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send an email, a comment, a request, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Keep the faith. Thanks for joining us on the Spirit of Radio podcast. We'll have another episode coming soon. Please feel free to like, share, or comment. You can reach Ken and Frankie at the Spirit of Radio Podcast at gmail.com. The Spirit of Radio Podcast. Keeping the Spirit of Radio alive.